Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. The town of Hawthorne, Nevada harbors a big 18-mile by 8-mile lake called Walker Lake. It also houses a guarded naval undersea warfare center. This amazing lake has not one structure to support the locals enjoying a swim or some fishing, but does have some kind of base along its western edge. It has also been associated with some pretty amazing conjecture. Today I'm joined by Kevin. Hi, Kevin. How hey. are you? How are things going? Good, good. Thank you for having me back. Sure. Hey, today we've got some support here. We received a generous donation from a local car club. It seems hot rodders love a good conspiracy. Thank you, Motown Mopars. Do they have car shows and things? Well, do you know about them? I do know about them, and they, they try to do car shows. Although last year there wasn't a whole heck of a lot. No, not a lot of get-togethers. Yeah, so. yeah, they have some pretty good ones. Cool. We've got also some uh, listeners have emailed into us at alienprobe at alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Help I need to use that one. Um, Roger D from Los Angeles. I just listened to your podcast discussing the battle over El Los Angeles. We just did that one last night. Ironically, I just watched the Spielberg movie 1941. They likened the whole incident to war nerves. My dad actually told me he was in the coastal anti-aircraft station, and this really happened. Yeah, did you listen to that? Yeah. It's interesting. We don't know. And then uh, it, we, it's interesting because we don't know what the heck what they, what were, they were, were shooting. shooting at. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Tina S from Pahrump. What? What? Um, Pahrump's in Nevada. Is it Nevada? Yeah. I, I believe UFOs are real and aliens are among us. When I listened to your episode on Flying Saucers Are Real, I made her listen to it with me. And, and after it started, she ran out of the room. I know she's an alien. <laughs> was she, was she talking know, about? Who was she talking about? Yeah. Her mother? Oh, hopefully it was a child. <laughs> well, I didn't scare anybody. <laughs> That's not her intention here. Dan from Rapid City, Iowa? South Dakota. South Dakota. Sorry. Sorry, Dan, South Dakota. Your episode on murder mysteries shocked me. I never realized this crap was going on. <laughs> and so many unsolved mysteries. Yeah, we didn't either. And there's going to be more. Wow. That, that one's pretty popular. Yeah, it's off, yeah. it's off our usual UFO and alien thing. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. 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 Then we got Susan A. from Dodge City. I loved your episode on remote viewing. Yeah, a lot of people did. That one's like number three. Oh, yeah, wow. John Teeter. The yeah. one you and I did, yes. And then remote viewing's crawling up there too. Right. I, th I thought right. they were, you know. All right. I tell uh, you, it's your guest host, but you don't believe. I tell you, it must be you. <laughs> My grandmother was very clairvoyant; could predict things before they happened. She even envisioned her own death. Too freaky for me, and close to home. Very nice. Okay. I'm glad to hear that you guys are uh, sending yeah. in. Yeah. Glad to hear get, get those questions coming in. My gosh, and comments we love them. So Hawthorne, Nevada, there's uh, the area is listed as being fleet testing. Of course, it's in the kind of in the middle of the desert, which not really in the middle of the desert, but it's in Hawthorne, Nevada, which is not near any huge uh, sea. Um, for some time, there's been uh, talk of a potential opening in the shelf of California. Near Point Dume, near Malibu, that which would be a nice area to come out. Of. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Submarines could go into the water and under land all the way to Walker Lake, Nevada, approximately 395 miles. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I heard about this on one of the talk shows. And um, I first know you envision when they talk about submarines in this lake. And, and I think you mentioned in, earlier that it's about, what, eight miles wide, about 18 miles long. So yeah, it's a good size. It's and, big. and I heard it's a thousand, in some places, a thousand feet deep. But, you know, uh, what we talked about a little earlier was is you envision these huge boomer subs, but they don't have to be that big because yeah. it's my understanding they're teaching uh, tactics and warfare and, and using passive sonar and stuff. But um, uh, there are some people that sit on the shore and say they do see um, conning towers break the surface. Really? Yeah. Now, how did they get in there? Well, I mean, they either had to assemble them yeah. or they're, they go underneath the uh, some giant river underneath the land. It's interesting I mean, uh, that they would... It, all the fault lines, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Paiutes uh, have a legend, of legend of the Hag Musavs, a giant and advanced people who went underground in the West when glacial lakes began to dry out. There are theories that the water went underground, and they did, along wow. with the... In an enormous caverns rich with water, and possibly the same watery caverns used by the military to trek walker lake yeah the thing wow. the theory is i don't know if it um i think it's like two thousand feet deep in oh, in okay. the in the ocean part of it oh, okay and if there's pillars i think it'll it'll touch on this maybe as i go through this um it comes out into the ocean in fact we did i uh did the podcast last night with the senior producer or senior producer and he wanted to do the catalina island tie into this mm -hmm. military he, he said with a secret military base i said hey you know that there's a there's a river that goes all the way to a lake in the back <laughs> why do you hear about that part <laughs> i go yeah well you know so, so we're gonna a, he says there's a base at catalina um he, he's he says they're in that area okay like okay. Well, well a lot of that is underground and as you heard i think on the podcast i was at catalina and they allegedly see you know ufos going into the ocean oh, pretty God. regularly so those are the, they call them SAV, they have a different name for the ones that are, they're not UFOs or something else. You know, there's a big bar there, right? So the people sitting at the bar seeing UFOs. That was, there's a nice bar there. Have you been there? <laughs> I have been there. Yeah, there's a nice. Um, um, I, I think, I think after a couple of uh, my ties, I might have seen it. An alien or two. No doubt. <laughs> this would possibly tie the military to ongoing interactions with the ancients. Um, Interesting. What might we learn from them, and what might they get from us? A 1650 map shows, I never saw this map, but a 1650 map shows California to be an island, the supposed misjudgment by Europeans on a map showing California as an island was allegedly perpetrated by other map makers who continued the error, but given the area from Imperial Valley, California, up through Death Valley, which was once filled with water, and into western Nevada where Lake Lohontan once was Lovelock Cave area. There are lots of reasons to believe these areas were filled with water at one time, which might have given the impression that California, um, of California and Ireland, but the waterways dried up thousands of years ago. So I guess if we were, the water was a lot higher, you know, obviously when water's high, you know, the higher elevations could have, you know, it could have looked much different, obviously, and probably did. I saw an actual globe one time a classroom globe and it was written it was drawn by and i don't know if it was from the 1600s but it showed california and it was split um 
you know, up, up through Baja, it had a line up through Baja, but it did show California as, as a separate. Did it look kind of like a line? Did it look a lot smaller? Or like... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like up to Nevada. It was like like the Central Valley was the. Yeah, it was the, was the divide. Was the water into yeah. the Central and, and, Valley? And it, showed, this is it, showed, it showed a river. It yeah. didn't show an island like the Hawaiian Islands out in the middle of nowhere. It showed a river that yeah. separated yeah. the two land masses. Well, that would make sense because the, the Central Valley is all flat. Yes. Yeah. You know, so if you think if the water was a lot higher, it would, you know, fill that all in with so, water. Well, without all the dams, so there used to be a flood zone everywhere. So that's why it's such good farming, I believe. So a thousand years, it retreated during seismic activity to on an underground site. If you lost your water, wouldn't you chase it? Heck yeah, you have to. Might they have adapted to living in the cave systems? We already know they buried. They were buried in caves. They lived in caves. They mined in caves. This was their home already. Perhaps their kind died off soon without large amounts of humans to cannibalize. It's interesting. I had gone through this a couple of times. I don't know why they think they were cannibals. I mean, there must be some reason. Probably some artifacts or something showing. Or the lack of food. Yeah. So you just eat your neighbor. <laughs> Perhaps they emerged from time to time to abduct their meals. <laughs> Perhaps they lived in the on the large fish population. I, I would think they I, would I, live I on so. fish. I hope so. And bats and occasionally emerged to stalk other creatures because there must have been tons of other animals so. running around. I would think they would follow the water also. There was a pristine spring in the unique environment of Ash Meadows in Nevada, which is a hydrologically is hydrologically connected to Devil's Hole which is a nearly vertical cabin below the water table in southern Nevada. An endangered species, Devil's Hole Pupfish, has lived in Devil's Hole Pool for thousands of years. The water level in Devil's Hole oscillated in response to the Denali Fault earthquake, which disrupted the spawning areas of the pupfish near the surface of the pool. I've not heard of pupfish before. Anyway, a Navy munitions storage site built in the World War II era in Hawthorne, Nevada, the site was there for many decades. We're talking about the Walker Lake submarine base. But taken over by the Army in 1977, it's supposedly managed by a civilian company at this point. It was reported to once have signs that it was a naval training facility. Um, the interesting talk here is the shelf in the Pacific under California that allows submarines to travel under the United States. Some reports have said as far as St. Louis, that'd be interesting. Others have said from Puget Sound to under Idaho. Now you have to remember, this isn't something that's like right, you know, 10 feet under. No, no, no. Yeah. This I, is like 2,000 yeah, feet down. Way down. And I don't know if we'll get to it later, but there is a laundry list of underground. And I know you've got some information on it too. Today's episode is kind of a secret base episode. Um, the question becomes, if such a thing were possible, where does a submarine reemerge in the West? Does it come up at a lake, and what lake would it possibly access? Salt water would have to communicate with the lakes that the subs emerge from, so if one believes the theory, the Salt Lake in Utah would seem the likely culprit, you'd think. Um, it's highly saline and large. Um, reading about Walker Lake, it is extremely saline as many Western lakes often become, like the Salton Sea in California. So now we're from Walker Lake, we're traveling down now. We emerge in Malibu, which is a nice, you know, it's a nice area to, to uh, you know, emerge from. Uh, California near Point de May, there appears from aerial views to be an opening under the shelf with pillars. 
This lends credence, some say, to the concept that submarines can go from California to Nevada underground in the water, like an underground river, I suppose. It is approximately 2,000 feet down and three miles wide. Now, I'm kind of curious how they see from aerial views 2,000 feet down and see, because what they're saying is the entrance has pillars mm -hmm. in this, you know, it's 2,000 and three miles wide. And it's got pillars, I guess, to hold up the entrance of this hmm, thing. I don't know how you'd see from a... Dude, you can't Not see... from the air, but I would think they maybe sonar from the surface. Yeah, they, maybe they... I don't know exactly. Uh, experts all agree, anyway, that this is perfectly explainable geologic feature. Not so, so if it's pillars, maybe it's... Who knows? Obviously, you know, we don't know for sure. Ultimately, it would seem that a giant waterway under the West Coast would not make sense from a geological standpoint. There is plenty of drilling for oil going on without incident, and they go over 2,000 feet down. So it's, I don't know why they don't drill and all of a sudden, psh, you know what I mean? Because the thing's pretty it's a, wide. It's not under pressure, though, so it's just... It would just... It would just... Would water not come up? It would not come up. It's not under pressure. It's not like oil, which is under pressure. So they just drill through the wall. All of a sudden, like, they would have a cavity, though. They like know. when you have a well, right? You just go down to the water level. Yeah. You're at the, you're at the water level. Um... They would know though that they would hit. I think they call they call it a cavity or something. They, mm -hmm. When they're drilling mm -hmm. and they hit a, vo a void, yes. yes, they call it a void. Yeah. They would know. So, but you understand that the feds have to pr give permission for them to drill. Yeah. So they say, "Now nah, you can't they, go nah, there. You can't drill there." Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of fault lines and seismic activity as well. What do you think? You know, the thing collapses, but if it's huge, you know, I mean, it just. Things just move around, yeah, and yeah. maybe they go different. You know, oh, we can't go that way now. Okay, Dan, I don't know. Different tributaries going different ways, different places. Well, they could have supported it, but mm -hmm. that's all. Three hundred ninety-five miles is a lot to. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big, and you're underwater, yes. and kind of hard to do a lot of uh, constructing down construction down there. There are plenty of fall lines, as well as lava caves from volcanoes, and plenty. But there's plenty of caves. All these could technically be filled with water, but no way would that represent a potential submarine trek to Nevada. I I also agree that I, it would be difficult, although there is a place in the Philippines that has an underground river that runs five miles to the sea. It's called the Cabayugan River, along, uh, long remained hidden from the Western world and was once held a mythical status. The only evidence of it being the stories and rumors of the native people of the island but in 1898, the American zoologist, Dean C. Worcester, spent a good deal of time studying the fauna of Palawan and made mention of the mysterious river, saying that if accounts are to be believed of a lake opening to the sea by a subterranean river. The river, however, is not a navigable waterway, so you can't just get on your inner tube and sit on it and then go. But that would be cool. That would be. It would be interesting. It would be a good ride. I don't know uh, if I want to be five miles in the ground, though. No, I got a little claustrophobia. <laughs> it's kind of dark. You know? <laughs> don't know. It would definitely be dark. <laughs> well, you know, you can put something together that you can navigate it yeah. with. With lots of reverse thrust. <laughs> I could slow down. Um, the river, however, is not a navigable waterway that runs the length from California coastline to Nevada. So ever desert. That would be exceptional beyond compare, especially given the effects of earthquakes on it and wherever the outlet is in the desert. Um, there's the actual, we have an actual 
you can see here. I do. A Naval Undersea Warfare Center detachment, Hawthorne, Nevada, and it's got it. It's got the uh, state of Nevada, and um, its its main function really is to receive, segregate, storage, and issue. It's called RSS and I of mine commodities like mines. It also performs maintenance on fleet return material and conducts demilitarization and disposal actions on mine systems in excess of program equipment. Is it mining or mine-like? <laughs> if it's mining, you know, that might be, you know, that might be interesting. But it's, um, I don't know, there's a, you know, and then there's a big long, you know, but anyway, that's the rivers. That's, that's well, you know, there's, there's a couple things. One, it has been established that there are submarines in the, in the river, or in, excuse me, in the lake. Uh, again, they don't have to be the size of the nuclear subs. They just have to sure. be something. But um, so how are they, you know, could they have been trucked in? Sure. Could they have assembled them there? Absolutely. But um, I think it's uh, uh, very plausible to have an underground river. I think so. I mean, uh, Considering that the majority of the surface of this planet is water, right? So, uh, but it's interesting. I, I heard that whole thing, and, and I know when we talked about it. You were kind of shocked when I originally brought that to you, saying that you know. And if you wanted to conduct secret maneuvers, what better place in the center of oh, well, not in the center, but in deep in the United States, where sure. you know prying eyes really can't, you know. Whereas in the ocean, you know, international waters, anybody can they can be right up next to you and watch you. So. It's interesting. Yeah, I looked at I looked up Walker Lake, and it says it's really only two hundred and forty five feet deep. But oh, that, really? That's really. That, yeah, but again, that's the list. You know, that's part of that could be part of part of the, you know, part of the plan up there is to make the stated. You know, there's areas in the lake that I think you obviously can't go into as you and me, that are probably it's somehow. Cordoned off. My understanding the whole lake's cordoned off. Oh, because is it? You can't get on the yeah, lake at all? No, there's not access to the lake. We have to go I was there. thinking we could get our fishing poles and go out there and see if we can get a snag of a sub. Yeah, we could. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going. I wouldn't mind going. Oh, well, I'd sit there and fish just to see if I can see anything weird. You know, even if I don't catch anything, you know? So you've got a couple. You've you got a... I do. You know, when we when we originally discussed some of our, uh, our um, topics for future podcasts... Um, and I always enjoy when you invite me up. Um, we, we talked about doing something about uh, hidden bases. And uh, and it's kind of a conundrum because if it's a hidden base, I wouldn't know about it anyway. Sure. You know, you're not going to be able to Google it and go, oh, that's a hidden base. But when I researched it, what was a trip is, is that it's sort of like that old adage, hiding in plain sight. Yeah. You know, so, um, but I got a couple I think you'll get a kick out of. Um, um First one, you know, everybody knows about Area 51. Everybody sure. knows about 51, you know. And um, you and I differ on the fact that I think it's it, there's nothing there. I think that that's a ruse. I think it's, you know, um, uh, this is our secret base and we've got alien ships in there. But don't yeah. don't you look at it, you know. Yeah. So everybody's concentrated on Area 51 while, you know, you might have something someplace else that, you know, doesn't, looks benign. And a good case in point is Area 6. Have you heard of Area 6? Yes, I have. Area 6 was discovered only because of Google Maps in 2016, and it, it supports several small buildings, a 5,000-foot runway, and um, allegedly um, our most advanced aircraft are tested there. Now, the part that I have a problem with is that 
with a 5,000 foot runway, you're kind of limited to what you're going to be able to take off from there. Yeah. Uh, small uh, military jets could take off at 5,000 feet. Certainly, your VTOLs can take off from 5,000, but anything heavy is not going to make it. But uh, yeah. I was, um, uh, it was interesting is that when I read about all the places in Nevada that support, you know, you've got Groom Lake, which is, you know, the place for the atomic stuff. And, um, you just, it just—it just fascinates me. But the, the what's its relationship that, to Area Fifty? Is it near Area Fifty One? It's, it's just north of Fifty. It's about sixty miles north of yeah. uh, Area Fifty One. Because really, S S Four is another area. Was well, that's the area that they say is where Bob Lazar worked with his reverse mm. in, engineering. You've heard of that guy? Yes. He. Um, um, again, I'll mention this: is anybody ever gets a chance listen to Joe Rogan and Bob Lazar's? YouTube interview, and you will be a believer after you hear this. Even you will be a believer. <laughs> but that isn't really area. That is area fifty. It's called S four though. It's like a It's a, the side of the mountain comes up. You know, they say that it opens up so that it looks like a mountain, but it opens like a garage. I guess you're an automatic garage door opener. So it just <laughs> opens, and then it's got these ships in there that they're reverse engineering. But what else? So it's just advanced. It's a. It's a mill. It's not really a. You know, like. We're in, it's not really attached to any alien space, spacecraft story. Well, I think that 51 probably does some type of classified work. Certainly. Right, but I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're a new one. You're, oh, you're talking about six? Yeah. This is more military. More military, top uh, secret uh, aircraft. Most of the, like the SR-71 used to be. Yeah. And I understand there's a new um, plane that's taking place of the SR-71 that they're testing. Now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 51, I mean, Area 51, you have, the, the workers that leave um, Las Vegas airport in a yeah. plane with no windows and they have a yeah it's the Janus flight the, the, yeah so I mean yeah. so you know and I, again I don't know but I I tend to not really so I'll have to do some more research on that one yeah. so um, and and keeping with Nevada we'll go to Area 25 you heard of Area 25 no so this is a top secret missile testing base which is just to the east of Vegas um, now this one. It, this one is the one that fascinated me, and I had to do some research on it. There was a news report in 1980 that reported that a MiG-25 was flying in international waters off the coast of California, which is, I, I don't know if it's 12 miles or 200 miles. I don't know what the international line is. And it was flying up and down, so it, it caught the attention of the, um, of the military. And all of a sudden, it turned inland and flew to Area 25, where it was shot down. Well, it, I take that back, where it crashed Yeah. Okay. Yeah. on this missile base. And, um, and it, according to this news report, credible sources report it was shot down and actually crashed in the middle of the base, which is kind of weird. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're flying at, you know, 900 a, miles It was an a hour. missile? Uh, Do you think it's not manned or no? It wasn't. It was an actual MiG twenty five. Oh, it was a MiG twenty five. It was an actual Russian MiG twenty five. Um, so he's that, defecting. So, um, so we think. I don't know. Or they were. Well, it has we have I, that. I don't. I don't. I think because at the time they were testing a top secret missile. That's what this whole base at Area twenty five yeah. does. Yeah. Is they do static stand tests of missiles. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> My local news reporter. Um, actually got close when he saw the plane coming in. He was driving on one of the local highways, and he saw this aircraft. He says that he saw a flash and the airplane go down. When he got close to the base, the gates were 
he said they weren't really maintained, so he was able to get through. But as soon as he got through, he got ushered out of there. He got the <laughs> bums rush. They actually had him arrested. Yeah. And they put him in a uh, in jail and held him there. And then they, you know, they did supposedly did the typical, you know, you're bound by the securities. Yeah, yeah. You can't talk about this and everything else, which he sure. ultimately did. But I thought that was kind of fascinating the heck out of me, that one there. So it was an actual MiG-25, and there were several news reports that an actual, and it's like, so the MiG-25, was he defecting? Well, why would I land in the middle of Nevada? If I'm going to defect, right. I'll go to Travis, right? Yeah. Or LAX or something. I mean, I want to see, you know, why would I just make a beeline? Um, where, I'm sorry, where did it start? It, he was he was flying up and down originally on the, the international waters on a, um, out of California. Yeah. So whatever that line is, 200 miles or 12 miles, he was yeah. keeping outside. And all of a sudden, he turned inland and just went like, like a bat out of hell into Nevada, specifically at this site, huh. towards this site where he was shot down. Now, they don't know if it was another military aircraft that shot it down or if he just crashed. Did he do a kamikaze? I don't know. Yeah. Or was there an anti-aircraft facility there? The pilot was killed. Uh, we don't know. The, there's no word on the pilot. So that one kind of, that one is called Area 25. That's a new so one for me, yeah. which is new because I thought, well, I don't know everything. No, but no, I hear no, about no. all the weird well, stuff. And that's and that's why you bring me up. I know. We need that French outlet. Yeah, you've got to have that fresh stuff. So I'll keep no, on. Fine. So let's go back to something we all know about, and that's heart. The harp is there. We all know that harp is there. Yeah, what yeah. it's there for is the we, questions, right? Yeah, that's you know. Alaska, right? Yes, yeah. so that's right. in Alaska. Did you and, see the uh, X-Files episode? Uh, I did. I okay, did see right. that. Just, yeah. just check it. And uh, so according to the government, it's they're doing research and stuff on there. But um, according to people that have worked there, um, when they switch this bugger on, it affects weather. Oh. And, uh, and it changes somehow it does something in the uh, ionosphere that changes weather. So uh, that's supposedly, you know, you get these workers and they all come up with these stories, but yeah. we all know, but uh, officially it's weather research station. It's okay. called HARP weather research station. So um, allegedly. allegedly, well, that's what it is called that, but allegedly is that's uh, what it does. And I've got a couple more here. One that, that, that was fascinating to me was called Raven Rock, Pennsylvania. Have you heard of that one? No, that's that's new. Uh, Raven Rock, Pennsylvania is an underground station for the Pentagon in case of warfare. Now, we all know that there's the NORAD in, in uh, what is it, Montana or Wyoming? NORAD is at Wyoming, yeah, yeah, Wyoming, and then you have uh, um. Uh, the the one near Camp David in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, I think it's Mount Promise yeah. where the gov the president goes to whatever. This one is for the Pentagon personnel, and it's un it's an underground station for all Pen Pentagon war personnel during activated during a time of war, and it has it's reportedly uh, can sustain several hundred people for a year without wow. having to come to the service. So that's in Raven Rock, Pennsylvania. Wow. So I, that was that would kind of fascinated me. Uh, Dugway. Have you heard of Dugway Proving Grounds? Yes, I yes, have. Oh, yeah. I actually had a friend that was stationed there when he was in the Marines. Oh, so yeah. Bio and Chem Worker yeah. Research yeah. Center. Now, how, what the heck is that going on? And they conduct war games there. Yeah, they uh, had a breach. They actually, actually, true story, they had a breach there. And um, when my friend was, in fact, um, it's Bill Ogle. He's, I believe, Bill, sorry if that wasn't your base, but I think that's the base. He actually re receives, um, well, anyway, he's, he was ba he was based there. And uh, when he was there, he would have to actually, they would have to have at the ready, 
you know, the chemicals, the, the mask, yes. that kind of yes. thing, the PPE. And, uh, yeah, he was there. Yeah, it, yeah, that's real. Yeah. But what's fascinating to me is, is that we have, uh, through the Geneva Convention, uh, and, and the convention, I think the, I think the Versailles uh, Convention after World War One have banned chemical and biological weapons to be used. So why do we have a research center? Well, we're just at, uh, yeah, we're just looking at it. I mean, come on, we're just researching it. We're not doing anything. We're not making it. We're just looking. You know, we're kind of uh, what's what's up with this stuff? We're curious. A fun fact. Yes. Yes. Exactly. A fun bring fact. It, you bring saw. those fun facts. Fun fact is that, and I don't know why this person posted this when I was reading about this, is that uh, um, they take in abandoned pets. <laughs> abandoned pets? Oh, I'm glad Deb's not here for that. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry we're Words laughing. a little but, sparky. Uh, but, what happened uh, to Sparky? Uh, <laughs> so, but they, they make it sound like they're, they're a humane place to bring your pet should you not want it anymore. So we take an abandoned pet. pet Doug way. And so what do you think they do at Dugway with these abandoned animals? <laughs> Pay no attention to the two-legged dog no, or, the, or the two-headed well, dog. Well, is it the genetic? It's not really genetic. Oh my God. It's just how well do they, you know, these are exterminated. Oh, my gosh. This, yeah. this government's, uh, uh, my gosh. So... The, I'm going to save the, the best one for you, Doug. I, oh, that's not even you. the best one? The, yeah, the, the word, best what one happened to Sparky? So have you heard of the Dulce base? D-U-L-C-E. I have. I have heard of it. You base. have heard of it? Yes, oh, I, I just thought I was going to surprise you. What happened at Dulce? I, I, I can't remember, but I know oh, I've talked God, about it. Michelle, Tell me what happened. So a group of workers who were banished, now banished pretty strong, <laughs> claim that in the 90s, that an alien craft landed near there, and they had an actual military conflict with them, resulting in 60 airmen being killed uh -oh. and several aliens. These employees report that there are still a group of aliens being held there yeah. in captivity. Um, he describes them as human-like yeah. and seven feet tall and being there and being um, debriefed over the years. Yeah, I've heard of this, and I've I, heard I, in of fact, this. to the we're gonna go there. We're gonna go there. Yeah, we should take a we we really need to take a, uh, you know, a road trip. It's Dulce, like New Mexico, or it's at the, it's on the border Arizona? of um, Colorado and New Mexico. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard of that one, and they I I we discussed that in a previous episode. Brief, it wasn't very extensive. We kind of just, it, I think it was where are the aliens or one of those, but that is. That is fascinating. I mean, yeah. but again, where's the proof? You know, well, I mean, I, you know, some of these stories, I mean, here, here's the thing that, you know, we both talk about this when we're together. You have all these reports out there. Okay. Even if one is true, one, yeah. even if just one is true, it's all dig. It's sort of like when they talk about life on other planets. You just yeah. have one planet that has life. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, we both agree that there's aliens. We both agree yeah. that there's some type of visitation going on. But um, do I think that these banished workers got together and said that this? Stuff, I don't know. Maybe something else happened. Who knows? You know, maybe the uh, the results of the biochem place created such a creature, and they walked yeah. over to that base, and they who knows? Maybe but it's fun to speculate. Well, the thing but, is, uh, it, it you know, it could. 
a group of people that get together and all have the same story and no one wavers. Because it's usually when we can get one to go, ah, that, yeah, sorry, that was bullshit. You know, it's like the Travis Walton story. He's yes. got his group of, you know, the fire in the sky guy. Yes. That I got taken from the wood, we were there at the woodcut. Do you, believe, he, do you believe he was abducted? I, after Joe Rogan, it, sorry, Joe, I know you're never going to hear this, <laughs> but, um, and not, and not Joe, Joe sounded like he didn't believe the guy when he did the interview with Travis Walton. It's like, Joe said, okay, it was five days, you're to, to away for five days, you were, the movie, he was dropped off at a gas station naked. Yes. Yes, I remember that. And when he interviewed with Joe Rogan, he said that he was still fully clothed. And then Joe says, um, uh, Joe says, well, how did you go to the bathroom? You know, and a weird question, but, yeah, yeah. you know, probably, you know, some In five days you're going to, you're going to have to mechanism, body. nothing's yeah. dirty, yeah. nothing, you know, it was, it was really And the minute he said that question, I immediately thought, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a good, you know, it just, the story is, I don't know. And it just, and the other thing is just before, you know, Travis is never going to invite me to any of his, you know, um, cause he puts on these, you know, um, I don't want to call them shows, but seminars and things, you know, get togethers where, you know, he's, or he's a presenter. He's never going to like me for all this, <laughs> but, um, it just kind of sounded like, you know, it, it was not something that he could have just been gone five, went on a bender for five days. I don't know. Well, didn't, you know, if I remember, and that's been a long time, didn't his friends originally see a light or something in the forest? Yeah, they saw the light. Okay, okay they drive up. They went, whoa, what's that? They yeah, all drove okay. toward it. He gets hit with the some sort of beam, and it blasts him backwards, and he's on the ground motionless. They get the hell out of there. The story he tells is that they all, the movie said the only the main guy comes back for him, and he was gone. He says everybody came back, or most of them came back except for one or two, because there's like six of them in this one pickup truck. Um, so um, it just, it doesn't matter about, because you know how Hollywood, you know Hollywood, you take creative sure, license sure, to everything, sure, and I don't absolutely. care. I have no, I don't really care about that, but um, he, it just didn't, it just, but the thing is that to his credit, or not his credit, but none of those guys ever said it didn't happen. Over all these years, some are dead, I think, too. Mm -hmm. Over all these years, none of them ever stated that, you know what, that never happened. They stuck with that story I don't want to say I don't blush and say I don't believe it. The simple reason that not one of them ever came out and said, yeah, that was because they were paid. I think, you know, like National Enquirer and things were paid with oh, sure. pay. But did he have marks on his body? Didn't he have marks on his body? I thought I remember. I don't remember had, about these, uh, what type of marks, like red marks or red. Yeah, I don't but, remember uh, the marks on his body. I remember that. Well, what the hell would he do for five days in the forest, man? Well, he probably wandered off, and yeah, who knows? <laughs> you don't know. I get it. I get it. I don't know. I mean, here's the was, thing. Here's the, I mean, he didn't have a. I don't know if he was married or not, but I mean, why would he? I mean, 
you or I wandering off in the well, forest the, for five the days. We'd have to come is, up with a story. But well, the other thing is there was an abduction. I don't know if it was the Barney and Betty Hill story. Barney, yeah. Uh, but there was an one. abduction story that came out within six months or a year okay. before he did this. Oh. And it was a movie or it was a story. It was big. Okay. And it came out with this abduction story. It just seemed kind of, oh, all of a sudden now Travis is gone. You know, and for five days. How about Betty and Barney Hill? You think that happened to them? I think that was real. Yeah. Because that came out. They didn't, like, come to the press. They accidentally came across their experience um, through a was psychological. Yeah, they, were, yeah they, was a, they were hypnosis. Yeah, they hypnosis. Came, all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. the story is. And their stories were exactly the same. Yeah. And there's no possible yeah, way. Yeah, and she did the... Uh, oh the universe picture like you could never know yeah. about the yeah, position I, I that, that was that was the reticuli weird. whatever reticuli yeah. star mm -hmm. system she was able to um map that out and it's like you i know a little bit about astronomy but probably more than her and i wouldn't have been able to do it so it's i like that i yeah that's a story i like and you know it's they did some pretty horrific you know things to her and i believe that she i don't know about uh um the male but the female i think she had some marks on her and she had um some scarring yeah and um, um but i think you know one of the ridicules they have is because they were a mixed couple back in the yeah. early 60s and that's that's never a good thing yeah and we talked about yeah we yeah. talked about so, that in our um in our alien abduction yeah. which is a very popular or the alien abduction yes. episode people like that and I don't know, people go missing all the time. And it's, are they taking them to these bases? Are they, you know, there's, um, they say that, you know, the milk, remember the milk carton missing, the FBI yeah. would put, they act, the FBI actually put those pictures of the missing children on the milk cartons. And they say, that this one of the stories is that they're taken to one of these secret bases for, and they're like trained in, you know, um, remote viewing okay okay and things like that to you know they just like abduct them like you would think we could get some volunteers you know <laughs> to snatch the children oh my God. you know off the street to uh you know off they're doing their paper route and all of a sudden <laughs> gosh you know they're <laughs> gone <laughs> so they're doing down in secret base well, let's talk about the uh, since we're back on bases. Let's talk about the Denver Airport. I see it up on the yeah, screen got, here. Yeah. Uh, what fascinated me about the Denver Airport is, you know, um, um, as you know, my my background is with a certain airport, and and when they were building it, um, there was stories being told about the uh, um, the amount of excavating that they were doing to put these terminals in, and um, um, I will, um, according to the, the story, is that um, the hole under there is 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 made for some type of a refuge for an ap apocalyptic event. Right. And um, um, what gives some some credibility to that is is that uh, where I worked, um, the uh, terminal areas that were uh, were built um, were had an extensive amount of open area. And when I came into view of this organization, um, they actually had disaster supplies down there. So they had 55-gallon drums of water. They had medical supplies. Wow. And, um, and those had to be rotated out every 
at, at certain intervals had to be rotated out. What people may not know, and maybe some of your listeners do know, but what most people don't know is, is that all airports are federal installations. And they are there when you um, go into an airport, you're under federal law. So if you go in there with a joint in your pocket, it might yeah. be legal in California, but it's you federally, not federally you legal. Can be, yeah. can be charged. Um, if you bring contraband into the airport, you are detained by the local police and then eventually picked up by the, the FBI from San Francisco. Um, all of the background checks prior to um, 9-11 were done by the FBI. And of course, now it's Homeland Security. But I know that uh, these, the, where I worked, um, what was done under, what was established and set up under the ground, it was set up, it was obviously not as big as the Denver airport, which is huge. How big was it, would you uh, say? In, in my area? Yeah. It's the entire, under, underneath the entire terminal. So if you look at the terminal area, and uh, it's huge. Yeah. It was huge. Um, the, the Denver airport, what's interesting to me, or one of the stories is, is if you walk the terminals, they have gargoyles that overlook the baggage claim area and the yeah. ticket area. And I don't understand. They said there's, the theory is there's some significance to the murals that they have in there. It's they, Illuminati, they, baby. Yeah, it's I'm something to do with the apocalyptic. Yeah. Stuff. Another thing that was, that I, that I heard about, I don't, did you ever watch the uh, Jesse Ventura conspiracy show years ago? I, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> they talked about the airport. What was interesting is, is they ordered, um, these plastic coffins and they have uh, supposedly adjacent to the airport just they showed pictures of it it was it was um jesse ventura and the uh, gentleman that does a talk show uh controversial talk show um yeah um i can't think of jones's name out of texas but uh, very controversial they did an episode where they walked over to this area and they parted the trees and as far as you could see were these plastic containers that are you put two bodies in each one and they're able to seal and so they're there's no reason why they would have all these things but they're for uh at the denver airport at the denver right outside the denver airport yeah yeah they're in a locked area facility that's surrounded by a bunch of trees and stuff yeah so it, it's interesting um i don't think it's large enough for the populace of denver to go there but i think that it's it's since it's centrally located for as far as a, a runway I don't know how far it is from um, the, from NORAD, yeah. Or uh, but uh, I, I thought that was very fascinating to me uh, what they did to build this airport and what they put into it. Well, it was they say it's over 22 miles in diameter wow. and goes down eight levels, and that the CIA relocated the headquarters of its domestic division responsible for operations in the United States from Langley. To Denver, which I didn't know that. I thought that another, was another yeah. Langley. Yeah. It was constructed in 95. The government politicians were hell-bent on building this airport in spite of it ending up vastly over budget. I've heard a few stories about this. There's charges of corruption, constant construction company changes, mass firings of teams that once they had built a section of the work that they were terminated so that no one, pers no one group had any idea of the, the blueprint of the airport. Um, the locals didn't even want the airport built, nor was it needed. Now it wasn't needed. needed. It wasn't needed. So, so the um, the Denver airport. I don't know if you ever flew in there. You're, oh yeah, you know, it was. It was a, I it was need a, it because it's got a lot of Bronco stuff in there. <laughs> 
Sorry, John Elway, because uh, I know he's a, he's, a, he's a big listener. John is a big listener. John Elway's a huge listener. John, we'll, we'll buy a car from one of your dealerships. But anyway, um, uh, it, what, what uh, Denver Airport was fine, and, and if you remember, um, the airline industry wasn't a real bustling industry. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, um, the philosophy back when I was with an airport was if you build, you know, Airlines wouldn't come to you unless you build this vast facility, then they would come to you, but they wouldn't commit. So you had to spend a lot of your money. And uh, back then, they, they had a passenger facility charges wasn't enacted at that point yet, which is now part of your ticket goes to a facility, uh, building facilities. So when they came and they asked, and again, I, I know this from some of the things that I was involved in, that they came and asked you know, to build this airport for no particular reason. Um, the runways were sufficient at, at Denver, um, but they they talked about noise abatement that they wanted to be able to build homes and. and so this wasn't and, a new. Uh, this what there was already an airport there. This the, is the rebuild. No, no, there's no airport there. This there was, was never this was way out of brand the city. New. Yeah, this is way out of the city limits. One of the things that you touched on is that you know the, a group would build something and then get fired. Um, that may or may not be true because I know in some of the projects that I was involved in, you have. Uh, Number one, as a as a public agency, you can't just give one builder um, carte right. blanche because you know they, they, there is corruption. Um, although I will say this, and I'll probably get in trouble for it. So, but uh, one of the major yeah, one of the major constructions companies that always won the bid for the for where I worked was Turner Construction. Yeah. But they would sub a lot of their stuff. Yeah. So you would and and I dealt with contractors, and you would deal with a contractor for a certain thing to be built. And then once that was completed, another contractor would come in. So it would look like they weren't just giving one company. A, so that may or may not be true. Um, I think, I think it were you telling me about somebody who allegedly got into an elevator and went down? Supposedly, yeah, in uh, the, um, that was the, Den I believe that was the Denver, yeah, was Denver airport. Airport, They right. ended up on a, yeah. and then they went into a year, they were looking for the bathroom. So right. they get on this elevator, and I remember this, and it goes down, and he says, what's going on for us? Like, why are you going? It's like. <laughs> Forever. Down forever, and finally yeah. the doors open. There's nobody there. It's quiet as a church. Gets into the urinals, and the urinals are like set really high up, oh. like as if for a really huge something. <laughs> Somebody, you know, and he's, well endowed. He immediately, <laughs> immediately exited there, got back in the elevator, and just got right back up into the terminal. I guess. Wow. I'm assuming finding the uh, correct, you know, wow. human. Well, level you, there. you would think that they'd have some type of um, monitoring, you know, to see some civilian come down there like that. But well, there's a lot of weird art, like you were saying. There's a lot of weird artwork mm -hmm. too. Um, but Masonic symbols and bizarre yes. artwork of dead—I didn't hear about the dead babies before, but right. burning cities and women in coffins. I heard about that one. There's uh, like this huge mural in the. In I, the, uh, I had a lay over there, and I should, you know, if I baggage claim, go to the baggage claim area. The mural is is huge. And it depicts these people in, in uh, gas masks yeah, I've seen and that. apocalypse. I've seen pictures and, of it. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, as much as I was involved with, I don't think there was any artwork that somebody came in and said, we want to show the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Terminals. Especially people climbing onto an airplane. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, but I didn't go to baggage because I was just on a layover. So yeah. I just, we just yeah. went, I just went to the next gate. But you heard, did you see the gargoyles there supposedly? I didn't over, even, over you know, I didn't, that's just weird, I, just, I was that's just, just seizing just over all the Broncos stuff. Anyway, so, um, you know, all I want to do is spend, you know, two hours looking at, you know, that 
that donkey or horse or whatever it is. So uh, sorry, John. <laughs> um, it comprises an extensive mural as well as a time capsule, none of the, which is featured in the airport's website section detailing the unique artwork uh, throughout the building. Um, Denver, I guess the DIA Denver International Airport serves as a cover for the vast underground facilities that were built there. There are reports of electronic slash magnetic vibrations make some people sick and cause headaches and others. There are acres of fenced-in areas which have barbed wire pointing into the areas if things keep things in, which that's weird. And small concrete stacks that resemble mini cooling towers rising out of the acres of no of nowhere to apparently vent underground levels. The underground facility is 88.3 square miles deep. That's wild. Yeah, that, that must be a misprint. Or that can't be, 80 it must be can't be 88 square miles <laughs> deep. Can't be 88 square miles. Might, I don't know. It might be like the it, volume of the deep, thing right, or yeah, something, yeah. which is huge. Yeah. Um, basically, this underground base is eight cities on top of each other. Wow. So the holding capacity of such Leviathanic base, ooh, that's a big name, big word, Leviathanic base is huge. The city-sized bases can hold millions upon millions of people. See, this is a, this article, I have to say, this isn't my or Kevin's opinion. This no, is, no. This is, this is an article that someone has put out there. Yeah, that's kind of strange. And we don't report <laughs> necessarily, you know, like Fox. You know, we just kind of. Um, you know, put it out there about what's what the information that's being put out there about this. Some of this could be, it's probably got something in there. I don't know if it's to this extent, you know, but it can hold millions of places. It can hold, now I'm reading millions of people. I'm thinking, oh, oh my God. Maybe thousands and thousands. Yeah, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Maybe it's a mystery. Which kind of, you know, then it goes into uh, whole, whether they are mind-controlled, yeah. enslaved New World oh, Order okay. military yeah. people or innocent and enslaved surface dwellers from the towns and cities of America and Canada. Then there's, Dolce. guess what? Yeah. We're, back to We're back to Dolce, which yeah. will, um, Kevin brought this up. We'll just kind of go over it's, uh, where it is. It's a small town in northern New Mexico located above 7,000 feet in the Chicoria Apache Indian Reservation. There is... As you said, I think one major motel, a few stores. It's not a resort town, uh, bustling with activity. But Kevin, um, you know, had talked about that. But we'll talk about the facility. Dulce has a deep, dark secret, which you alluded to. It's harbored deep below the brush in the Archuleta Mesa. Its function is research of mind-related functions. Now, you had said your story was that the aliens, that we had a conflict an actual firefight, I'm thinking. They didn't really. They didn't so this article, they didn't. Uh, number one, why the, did the aliens attack a certain base? Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't harbor any nuclear weapons that, that, that I'm aware of, which is the theory is, is that the aliens try to, you know, subdue, you know, our, our nuclear bases. Right. But um, um, there really wasn't anything that said why they attacked. But, yeah. But it, these people that were interviewed were very. And, and the 60 airmen that were killed, of course, the military can cover anything if they want to. You know, your your son or daughter died, you know, whatever. Well, this goes into a little bit of detail. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. And this goes into a little more detail about the facility itself. There are 3,000 real-time video cameras 
throughout the complex at high security locations, entrances, and exits. Mm -hmm. There are over a hundred secret exits near and around Dulce. Maybe we need to go there too. See if we can find a secret exit. Uh, I'm sure we wouldn't be arrested. Oh, I'm sure they show us. Yeah, well, I'm sure we wouldn't be arrested if we did find one either. <laughs> How's your records? Yeah. We, we can yeah. fix that. We, yeah. if it's, Debbie said she will put up bail. She's got a credit card. She said she'll put up bail oh, if we get arrested. Yeah, 47 arrests, no convictions. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, me also. Many around Archuleta Mesa and others in the south around Dulce Lake and even as far east as... Is there a lake there? Maybe there's some submarine. I don't know. So anyway, so this goes into a great level of detail. Wow, look at that. It's got, I don't know if we want to go through the entire, it's interesting though, the deep section. Everyone I mean, is weighed in the nude. Everybody's weighed in the nude. That scares the hell out of me. Yeah, that. it's level one is a garage for the street maintenance. Level two is a garage for trains and shuttles and tunnel boring. Level three is everyone is weighed. I mean, I don't know if somebody like invented all this information or... You know what I mean? Um, there's a garage for trains and shuttles, tunnel boring. Level three, everyone is weighed in the nude. They've given a jumpsuit uniform. It sounds like somebody that's been there, I'm thinking, but I don't know. The weight of the person is put on a computer ID card each day, and then I guess they weigh them out. Um, well, change in over $3 requires a physical exam and x-ray. What happens if he goes potty? Uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're <laughs> dropping weight. Or he eats a big burrito. Level four, human research in paranormal areas, mental telepathy and mind control hypnosis, remote viewing, your favorite. Yes, absolutely. Uh, astral traveling. Well, oh, there we go. The, uh, the uh, technology is apparently here to allow them to know how to manipulate the bioplasmic body development of a laser weapon that can remotely cause brain burns and discomfort on its target. We missed this on our remote yeah, viewing we did. segment. We did. They Scanners. Can, they can lower your heartbeat with a deep sleep delta waves, induce a static shock, then reprogram via a brain computer link. And then level five, my favorite, security is severe. So armed guards patrol constantly. And in addition to weight sensitive areas, there are hand print and eye print stations. Here is the device that powers the transfer of atoms. Interesting. Level six is privately called Nightmare Hall. It holds the genetic labs, experiments done on fish, seals, birds, and mice that are vastly altered from their original forms. Isn't that like uh, Dugway? Yeah. They, then, they, then, they, 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 you can bring your pets there. They'll take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> the next facility is Greenbrier Facility in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, under the Greenbrier Resort. The continuity of government facility, which means that's yes. where the government goes. This isn't the Pentagon one that you no. talked about earlier. The fella, uh, it is um, the facility intended since 1962 to house the United States Congress, codenamed Casper, is located on the grounds of the prestigious Greenbrier Resort. The bunker is beneath the West Virginia wing, which includes a complete medical clinic construction of the facility, which began in 1959 required two and a half years and 50,000 tons of wow. concrete. The steel reinforced concrete walls of the bunker, which is 20 feet below ground and are two feet thick. The facility includes separate chambers for the House of Representatives and the Senate, as well as a larger room for joint sessions. These are located in the exhibit hall of the West Virginia wing. 
which includes vehicular and pedestrian entrances, which can be quickly sealed by blast doors. They don't even hide in this one. It's even a tourist attraction. Wow. Okay, it looks like road trip for us. Um, you think? Like the, underground, the underground vault was built to meet the needs of a Congress in hiding. In fact, the hotel is a replica of the White House. Oh, my gosh. Now we have to go. Well, we're going to have to book, book a couple rooms. I want there, the Lincoln too. room. The underground. <laughs> I'll take the Clinton room. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's room what I'm service. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Got a cigar. <laughs> the underground area has a chamber for the Senate, a chamber for the House. And a massive hall for joint sessions. Well, as long as we got a place for joint sessions. Although the hotel says it gives tours of the 112,000 square area daily, the installation still stands at the ready. Its operators still working. They give tours? Yeah, We're going to have to go yeah, there. I mean, that definitely is a road trip. Its operators still working undercover at the hotel. The secrecy that has surrounded the site has shielded it both from public scrutiny and official hide in plain sight hide in plain sight man most americans will not believe that an american holocaust will happen okay this is like yeah. this is going to be one yeah. of those doom and gloom you know things here yeah I, I think that there's a lot of facilities made for continuity government i think that's the justification for a lot of their yeah a lot of their huge projects i think i told you and i didn't tell you on air i think when uh, when I was uh, started at the at the airport that I worked at, we had a policies and procedures manual, and we actually had a section on first contact. Oh yeah, and um, it too actually, bad you couldn't get a copy of that. Yeah, you, know, you weren't allowed to take a copy of it, but it um, it stated that uh, you have a um, if you have a first contact situation, it asked it gave you a phone number to call. Um, to report the first contact and, and the procedures to go around isolation of the area and and the, the media blackout and uh, the National Security Act that you fall under should this happen. It was interesting. It was interesting. Years later, that uh, um, uh, I was actually involved in rewriting the policy and procedure manual. That that section was uh, I was instructed to was it redacted? <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, oh, did you uh, remove? You didn't do it. You know, because everything, everything security related fell under Homeland Security, so we didn't have any sections. It was there, but yeah, it wasn't. So it there. wasn't for us. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. Um, when I first, uh, when I was first there, I was a big fan of Art Bell, which we've talked about on previous shows. Who does coast to coast uh, before he passed away? And his talk show, late night talk show. And I actually sent him an email, and I said, I can't believe this. And I told him the situation. And he sent me a, a short message back. He said, well, give me a copy of that uh, page. And I was a newbie. I was a new guy yeah. and, and a young family. And I thought I had all these mm -hmm. envisions that I was going to get fired. <laughs> you know. So I, I, I like the truth to come out, but not at the expense not of the my life. Of your career and your life, possibly. <laughs> cool. All right. We're going to wrap up this segment of Alien Pro Podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. You know, thanks. I know we're going we're gonna to develop a few more of these in the future um you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are found catch us on alien probe pod on twitter and instagram facebook and on our webpage at alienprobe.net send your questions and comments to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time see you next time